welcome back to the Therapy for Real Life podcast. This is not therapy, this is real life. I'm your host, Anna Lindbergh Cedar, and I'm excited to be back with you because I've been hearing that a lot of folks have been traveling and changing their routine. And I've heard a lot of great feedback that folks have been microdosing their self care. Shout out to a recent episode that we did all about microdosing your self care. So today is a continuation of that conversation. We are going to listen to a sampling of teeny tiny self care because we are going to use the whole buffalo today. Usually, if you've listened to the podcast before, you're used to hearing me uh, on this show talk uh, sometimes at length about therapy concepts and how to adapt them into everyday self-care strategies. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but if you do, you saw that recently I did a little challenge for myself of trying to fit teeny tiny self-care strategies into one or two minute self-care videos. So today's podcast is a chance for you to eavesdrop on my sometimes uh, silly attempts to squeeze in self-care into such a teeny tiny window. So today's episode is just going to be one teeny tiny self-care strategy after another. Occasionally you'll hear me reintroduce the series um, and talk about the teeny tiny self-care. And I want to give you a little background about why I even tried to do this, why I challenged myself to try to fit self-care strategies into one or two minutes. I have, like any person listening or any person in the world, have noticed the influence of Instagram and social media and the memification of our culture, which is different for um, folks who, you know, especially folks who didn't grow up with the internet or even folks who did, who are just on a human level still trying to get used to what it's like to communicate with others through images, through social media. And as a therapist and as someone who hosts a self-care podcast, I think a lot about that. I think about what are the best ways to communicate with people and get their attention and make self-care contagious. And sometimes I hear people say, and I myself Um, can feel a little hopeless about how brief our attention span feels at times, especially on social media when we're scrolling. And I, like everyone else, have noticed that. And then in my feed, someone I've been following for a long time now who I really love, maybe you've seen them, I don't know how to pronounce their name, but uh, Dante Coley, D-O-N-T-E dot C-O-L-L-E-Y has an amazing and inspiring Instagram feed. Dante is an amazing dancer. And what makes them really unique is they combine their dancing with inspirational quotes and little amazing cheerleading. Um, You know, the last post I'm looking at, know your worth, even if it gets lonely sometimes. 
So Dante just combines some really hot moves with basically cognitive behavioral therapy strategies. I really like following his feed because it's inspiring and it feels good. And basically he's showing us what self-care looks like. So that feed alone convinced me, okay, there's something worth participating in and trying when we think about the memification of self-care. So Instagram is not therapy, podcast is not therapy, um, and yet we are trying to balance access to therapy with sustainable self-care. So that's a long intro to this episode, um, but I hope you enjoy it, and the audio is a little bit rough because it's secondhand, but you're going to hear me talk in one to two minute bursts about everything from the power of mindful noticing to quick communication strategies. And you might use this episode, let's say you're not sure what to do next for your self-care and you just want to hear a sampling of research-backed strategies drawn from dialectical behavior therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness. This might give you some ideas. Hopefully you find at least one that you'd like to pause the podcast and try out for yourself. That's my invitation for you. Or you might be having a really rough day, or you might have a friend who's having a rough day, and you might listen to the whole episode and try out each and every self-care strategy, one at a time, until one sticks. That's the idea for this podcast in general, is that you can use this as a library of resources that you can always come back to. So as always, thank you for listening, and please do enjoy your self-care. I've loved all the feedback I've gotten so far, so thank you for that. And that's all. Enjoy your self-care and have a great day. for real life, teeny tiny self-care strategy, the power of noticing. The next time you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, I invite you to take 60 seconds, the length of this video, to simply notice your experience. Give yourself permission to let go of problem solving or doing or solving anything and just give a word or two to describe your experience. Notice what it feels like for you to pause and simply notice. Notice any changes that come. How to identify your needs. Something I wish every adult in everywhere understood was what is a need? In my experience as a therapist, I find a lot of times people come to me with frustration after they've gone about things looking at what's available to them and then deciding whether they can 
can handle that, can deal with that. I suggest to you to do it the other way around and ask yourself, what's my need here? Perhaps you have a need for love and affection or a sense of safety and security or adventure and fun and variety. You won't know what to ask for or what words to put to that until you identify that need. You can think of plants that have little instructions that come with them saying, put in direct sunlight or only water once a month. You could ignore those needs and pretend they don't exist or wave a finger at them, but those plants would die. We all have needs whether they're met in any particular situation or not, it's good to know what they are so that you can advocate for them. Take a moment now and think about any of your teeny tiny or big and grand needs. See if you can put a word or two to those needs. Welcome to the DBT skill, Wise Mind. Dialectical behavior therapy explains, and this is a mindfulness concept, that we have three states of mind, which is to say three ways of looking at things. Very briefly, I'll describe reasonable mind as the cool and logical pros and cons Excel spreadsheet way of looking at things very logical and useful. If we get stuck, this is where we might overanalyze, perhaps even miss the point or hurt someone's feelings, which is why we also wanna keep in mind emotion mind. Emotions help us pick up on our survival mechanisms and help us identify our basic needs. Just like reasonable mind, you can get stuck say road rage or uh, blind rage, or um, you can act out, which is why the third state of mind we wanna keep in mind, DBT calls wise mind, but you might think of it as your sixth sense or a sense of knowing or a feeling in your body, such as your heart, gut, lungs, or gut. It's that internal sense of knowing that we all have. So my teeny tiny suggestion for you as part of this wise mind skill is to go ahead and breathe in that question and see what pops up for you. What should I do for my self-care today? Breathe that question in. And on the length of an exhale, just listen. to any need that pops up. Maybe it's, I need a snack, or a nap, or to get busy at work, or to schedule an appointment. Whatever it is that pops into your mind, just notice that. Breathe the question in, and breathe out, as long as it takes to identify that need. Therapy for Real Life, Teeny Tiny Self-Care, How to Ground Yourself in a Moment of Stress. 
Number one, when you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, the first thing I want you to do, I want you to pause and I want you to ask yourself, am I safe? Okay? If you're not safe, call 911, call a crisis number, crisistextline.org, for example. If the answer is I'm safe, but you're still feeling stressed, that's when your body's fight or flight stress response is going off, okay? If you are safe, there's no bear chasing you, but you're feeling stressed, a quick way to soothe the body's nervous system is to check in with the five senses. I invite you to do that now. Look around your surroundings and check out for yourself. Name five sounds, four sights, three sensations, two smells, one taste or temptation. Do that now and notice the effects. You are about halfway through your teeny tiny self-care basket. I hope you're finding some techniques and tricks that you want to try out. I wanted to dip in and say a quick hello because in the next tiny self-care strategy, you are going to hear me reference some visuals from my Instagram feed. So this might be a good time if you're feeling curious and you want to take a look at the handouts that I reference check out my Instagram feed at Therapy for Real Life. Go ahead and scroll through the teeny tiny self-care videos that we talk about here and look for the Know Your Relationship Needs. I hope you're enjoying it. Take care. Understanding Your Relationship Needs. In a moment, you're going to swipe right and you're going to take a look at a little handout that summarizes how dialectical behavior therapy approaches relationship skills. A lot of times when folks come to therapy, they're really confused about what to do next or where to start. My question for them is always, what are your priorities here? The way DBT helps us understand it, we get to know that when we look at relationships, we really only have three goals. We have certain needs or objectives that we need to meet in order to live a life worth living. We also have a need for maintaining a healthy relationship. Emphasis on healthy. What does that mean to you? And you would hope that a healthy relationship overlaps with a lot of dignity and self-respect. I bet you can imagine, even in the context of a healthy relationship, there might be times when you might bite your tongue, um, not get the last word in, in service of a healthy relationship. 
And you can also think about times when dignity and self-respect might rub up against getting those needs or objectives met. This is something to think about. Where are you when it comes to getting your relationship needs met? Are you in that lovey-dovey, happy center of the Venn diagram? Are you in more of a realistic give and take, rock and a hard place situation? Or are you totally off the map and not thinking about your needs at all? Take a teeny tiny moment now and think about what would be most important to you when you think about self-care in relationships. How to ask for what you want. First of all, before you ask for anything, you need to pause and be mindful. What that means when you're going to ask for something is you need to be mindful of what's most important. Perhaps you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Perhaps you need to get your point across. Perhaps you need to get information. So I want you to just have that in mind when you have your little mini agenda. Next, how to ask for what you want. You're going to follow these four steps that come from DBT's Dear Man skill. You're going to describe the situation. Honey, you arrived home last night at eight. I was hoping you'd make it by seven for dinner. E, you're going to express the impact of that situation on how you feel. I was worried that maybe you were in a car crash and I wasn't sure if I should save you a plate or not. A, you're going to ask for what you want. You have to say it. You have to be explicit. Hey, honey, if you're going to be home after seven, could you send me a little text just to let me know? And last step, R, you're going to tell that person what the reward is for giving you what you want. That way I know not to worry about you and I can save you a plate and I'll be in a better mood when you get home. Thanks. Okay? So following that dear skill from DBT, D-E-A-R, describe, express, ask, reward, repeat. Good luck. Try it out. See what a difference it makes for you. Therapy for Real Life, teeny tiny self-care strategy. Identify your self-care superpower and kryptonite. Oftentimes, we're tempted to first label the problem that we have. People often tell me, I worry too much. I'm not good at parties. I'm really burnt out in my job. And what I remind them is that every self-care kryptonite or struggle that we have also comes with a particular superpower or even sensitivity. So if you have social anxiety, I want you to really think about if this conversation goes well and they get to know me, lucky them. What are they getting out of that? Perhaps it's open-mindedness or a unique personal point of view or history or experience. I want you to think about that now for any challenge that you're facing and that sore spot of 
kryptonite that you're experiencing. If you had to look for the self-care superpower that you have, what would you call that? What is psychological flexibility? Psychological flexibility is a concept that comes from acceptance and commitment therapy that is a therapy designed to help us cope with painful events. And it helps us understand that in moments of stress, we can get really rigid in our thinking, very black and white. Psychological flexibility is a skill that you might learn in therapy And it helps you get really flexible in your way of looking at things. This is where you might experience a change in perspective or outlook. You might notice an aha moment, a new way of thinking about things. And it turns out we have a set of research-backed skills to help people develop psychological flexibility, such as cognitive coping, mindfulness strategies, and very proactive coping skills. Think about for yourself, do you have any areas of rigid thinking? Are there any areas where you could get a little bit flexible in your way of thinking about something? Maybe invite some shades of gray or middle path thinking about something that gives you stress or makes you feel stuck. Take a moment now and think about where you might get very flexible in your thinking. Therapy for real life, teeny tiny self-care strategy. Do what works. I invite you to think about the last time you had a big smile on your face or the last time you felt really connected to people that mattered to you, or the last time you did something that gave you that warm and fuzzy feel-good feeling. I want you to think about what you were doing at that time, who you were with, where you were, and I want you to think about doing something that feels good in your life. And if you have any amount of stress or anxiety or depression, I want you to think of a time in your life when you consistently felt that way you want to feel. And I want you to think about the activities that you were doing at that time. If something worked well for you in the past for your self-care, it's more than likely to work well in the future. Think about it now, what that strategy would be for you. Enjoy it. Thank you for listening in on the Therapy for Real Life Teeny Tiny Self-Care Strategies in this little self-care basket that we've put together. I hope you found at least one strategy that you could use now or in a moment of stress. And if you were keeping track, you notice that you have at least nine self-care strategies that you could come back to at any time. So that's my hope for you, is that you will keep this episode in your pocket and now know that you can go over to my Instagram feed at therapyforreallife.com for a bunch of visuals and teeny tiny reminders. That is a self-care 
skill to clean up your social media and put in some reminders for good self-care. So enjoy whatever teeny tiny self-care strategies you are going to walk away with today and feel free to head over to therapyforreallife.com to check out more information and self-care resources, questions and answers about therapy and feel free to get in touch with me there as well. I hope you have a great day and enjoy your teeny tiny self-care. 